Hi, and welcome to my podcast. I'm your host, Jason, and you found a fun and secret time capsule from my baby son. Each episode, I sit down and chat with a special guest about friendships, pop culture, parenting, and whatever strikes my fancy. Really, the end goal is to make sure that when my son does eventually discover this, he's thoroughly embarrassed. In the meantime, I'm not quite sure where each episode or where the show is going, but getting there should be half the fun. Well, hello, and welcome to Half the Fun Podcast uh, with your host, Jason. I'm joined by a very special guest, uh, international guest, uh, Austin. Thank you for hello. joining us on the podcast, Austin. Uh, it's, it's my pleasure and surprise. I know, you surprise guests, the best kind of guests. So, um, but after that, we can talk about whatever. You had some questions for me, I believe. Yeah, I do. Um, Jason may or may not end up being a bit of a, a podcast mentor for me. I just want to accidentally follow in his footsteps. So I'm going to get some advice from him. Austin, rare is the time when I can say that I can mentor you. Um, for listeners that don't know Austin very well, he is a very a highly educated, very intelligent person um, who always wins at board games. <laughs> One of the reasons why I don't play board games with him. Uh, so I am just relishing this moment right now. <laughs> I'm ready to mentor. All right. All right. The way you get highly educated is by asking people who know more than you a lot of questions. So but I feel, what's that? What does that mean, though? When I mean, you have a PhD in math, yeah. so I feel like you've run. There's very few people that you can ask more about math. Is that correct? Um, well, on, on the street. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's actually it's bizarre um, because I I work for uh, I work for a quantum computing company at the moment, uh, which sounds really fancy. And I'm surrounded by people who have um, like PhDs and things, not not all of them, but a lot of them do or masters and things. And even in that field, I'm looked at as someone who would like know more than them about a lot of topics. Well, fascinating. Let me delve into questions before you ask me questions then. Yeah, so yeah you can you go first. Study, you, did you study math in college? Remind me what you studied in college. Yeah, I, I was a math major and a theater minor. Gotcha. And <laughs> That's did, you come, did you come into college knowing that you wanted to do math? Uh, no, I, I, I thought maybe I'd want to do maybe like a chemistry or physics or math. And I did, which is like a, a silly high school thing to say that's just like saying i, I want to do science in in college uh <laughs> but like i like my chemistry class in high school and then i did what uh what a lot of people do is they kind of just pick out the classes they like more and take more of them um although with maybe a, another step which is that i, I kind of looked at my professors and the lives they were leading and and found the ones that was like oh yeah i could do that like that life seems okay by me um so i i had a, a couple of of pretty cool math professors who seem to have relatively balanced lives and, and be interested in a lot of different things. Um, so I think that kind of pushed me that way. Uh, but I, I'm sure that if I had taken a different class in different orders, I, I'd be, I'd be a chemist right now. Or had anyone told me when I was a kid that there's like loads of jobs in geology and they pay really well and they send you all over the world, I probably would just be an, a geologist. Like I still, I still love rocks. Uh, it, it turns out that, uh, if you can find something that you like that other people hate, you're you're going to be fine. Um, and if they need it, so so this is like the joy of of, of math is um, other people don't like doing it, and and so they will pay me to do it. Uh, and and so even in grad school, when I was applying for grad school, I I was able to say I'm not going to go anywhere that doesn't pay me to go there. 
Uh, and that's quite the, quite the luxury for those of you going into veterinary school. It's true. Uh, yeah, definitely. I would say for most grad programs, you should find some people to pay you to go to school. Yeah. But this is like not, not necessarily the case, right? Um, well, maybe you get like a tuition waiver, but, um, but there's, yeah, there's a lot of options in, in math and, and conferences to go to. So it worked out pretty well. I, and there's still, there's still like right ways and, and wrong ways to parlay like a degree in math into a career or not, or into stress or not. Um, also math is kind of hard. <laughs> so, I feel you. Um, actually I don't, uh, the last math class. No, I take that back, you know, so I survived my MBA. So I took business. Well, no, I did not. I did not take business calc. I took calc in high school. I mm -hmm. took statistics and then some finance classes, which I struggled through, but, um, yeah. So now I pay some other people to take care of my money. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> yeah. oh, we, all, we all offload a little bit of our lives to, to other people. It's I true. It's worth it. I mean, this, this is what restaurants are. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So uh, there are two things that uh, where we overlap quite a bit mm -hmm. that I feel like we could devote an entire episode to. So would you rather talk about your love of elaborate Halloween costumes <laughs> or... <laughs> are both of our deep abiding love of karaoke. Oh man. I should have brought up the karaoke when we were talking about Vancouver. Um, so bearing in mind, we, we will probably yeah. record another episode at some point. So, okay. Yeah. I, I didn't prepare properly for this one. Let's, let's talk about karaoke, Jason. Okay. Let's, let's, let's do this. Let's if talk about karaoke. Yeah. Uh, let's do it. No, I, uh, so, so this is going to be, okay. So I've been talking this one. This is a conversation though. Cause you, you got a lot of buy into this. This is not just me. This is true. So I kind of traced my love of karaoke. I, I didn't really do it a lot in college until after I got back from Japan, because that's what you do in Japan is you sing a lot of karaoke and you've mm. discovered that when you went to Japan as well, just like the ubiquitous culture of like all these karaoke rooms and everyone does it. And that's what really ignited my passion for karaoke. Jason, um, you might you might need to describe to the the uneducated listener the differences between Japanese karaoke and American karaoke okay. via alcohol. Yes, for sure. So first of all, it's all the private rooms. It is the birthplace of karaoke, if we're gonna be use the correct Japanese pronunciation or empty orchestra. Uh, if you're Ted <laughs> Mosbying it from how I met your mother. So basically there's just and your small towns, your big towns, there is ubiquitous as Starbucks. So they're like on every corner from like six different companies. There, a lot of them are open 24 hours. They're like four to $8 an hour per person. And usually at some magical, like if I can suss out the sign enough, there's these magical um, Nomi Hodai uh, karaoke rooms where basically it's for the price of admission, uh, it's like, which is like seven to again, nine dollars us uh it includes unlimited amounts of alcoholic beverages too which is terrific and there used to be a little bit of a challenge back in 2004 uh when i studied abroad there in terms of ordering the drinks because the menus were all like in japanese or you'd have to pick up the phone to order them the most recent time i was in japan it was literally like an ipad where you could just order your drinks and they would magically come to you so it was pretty amazing and then they had like an English menu and it was awesome. So I feel like since it was so available and it's what everybody did that me and my friends and my Japanese friends 
just did it a lot. And there's obviously an excellent selection of American songs or English speaking songs to sing. And so it's just something that everyone does. So I always look really strangely at people when they say they just like don't do karaoke. Yeah. Yeah, they they also look at you strangely when they realize how much you rely on karaoke for your well-being. Uh, <laughs> so um, I, I will say that I, I only spent three weeks in Japan um, and it was for math. Uh, and I managed to get my advisor and several other very like prominent mathematicians in my field, like sort of the the... You know, a couple echelons above my rank and, and established in the field out karaokeing. Um, and I don't know if they were fully prepared for like the all you can drink nature of it, but we had an amazing time. And I, I have great memories of me and like famous mathematicians karaokeing together some really weird songs. Um, so it's my best memories of Japan. Um, for that's, that's a worthy where would be your origin story for, or at least when did yeah, your love yeah. of? Blossom. Oh no, I got I have a good one. Right. Um so no, okay, so my first all right, pause for a second here. I'm let my dog out the door. Oh, Manu. I know. Manu. Oh, oh, oh. Uh yeah, so uh so my fr- I I karaoke the first time in high school. Oh um, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but that was just someone had a karaoke machine. Oh, like, gotcha. Yeah, it was actually it was like the student teacher of a drama class brought a karaoke machine and we karaoke. Gotcha. And so that was kind of fun, and and we goofed around. But I think that the true origin story uh, is a, a little place known as Bob's Java Jive in Tacoma, Washington. Um, which would, <laughs> would you like would, to describe it? Yeah, I got so excited. I choked on my tea. Would you like to describe (laughs) Bob's Java Jive? Yeah, yeah. So um, Bob's Java Jive is on South Tacoma Way. And it is the when you drive up to it, it's the building is in the shape of a teapot. Um, And so it's this giant teapot that you go inside of. And for some reason inside, it's like a Polynesian theme, but like a dive bar with a pseudo Polynesian theme. And it's called Bob's Java Jive, if you ask one of the bartenders, uh, because they used to have two monkeys there called Java and Jive that they kept in cages that they sense. I don't know if they, they, they're not there anymore. Um, They no longer endorse that kind of animal cruelty. Um, So it's this this little place uh, that's super weird, but I've always just had such good good luck with the clientele there. And they, at least back in the day, they, they'd have karaoke there quite a bit. And so this was something that um, my, my friends showed me, uh, Alicia uh, Williamson and, and David and Ariel. Uh, they, they would like to go there. And so they brought me with them and we'd get like cheap PBR uh, and, and karaoke. And there'd be, you know, us and maybe one other group. Right. So you were, your group was singing at least half the songs. And so it was empty enough that we would just, we would do karaoke suicide. We would just pick songs for each other and, and, and just do them. So I definitely came about in, in this, this world of like, it was always very supportive and you were encouraged to try out new songs and and new things and just see like, if you knew them. Um, I also, for whatever reason, like, um, uh, always treated music slightly therapeutically and so I, I have a, a, I have a good memory for lyrics and for, 
for rhythm and things like this. And I, I, I have an older brother. I, I have a father that's not music and, and my mom listened to different music than that. So I just had a pretty good music background. So, so something like a karaoke suicide worked very well for me because I just, I knew a lot of songs um, that I could try to try to sing. And I was kind of a theater kid. So I liked acting out. I think to this day, it's still, I don't really do theater anymore, but I do karaoke and that, I think it's still scratching a bit of that same creative that, outlet that, yeah, yeah, that performative outlet and, and seeing if you, you can do it. And, um, yeah. And I, but I really, so here, I think there, there's more rooms than, than, than there are open things. And I like, I like going, I don't, we might differ on this. I like going to a bar that has karaoke several times a week and has, you know, some regulars and seeing what other people do and just being surprised by, by strangers. I like that watching part too and, and interacting, interacting with people in a way that you can't do at most bars. That's really exciting for me. I like, I like a good performance. I like watching it. Um, and I, and my rule for what, like what is good is, is put your heart into it and basically know the rhythm. I don't even care if it's on, on in tune. Cause if you have the rhythm down, I can sing along. <laughs> right, right. If you're off, if you're off by a bar, I can't, I can't sing along with you. Like nails on a chalkboard. No, I feel you there. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so I, I know I, I, um, yeah, I, I like it a lot and I like mixing it up and, and this weird thing happens when I start karaoke with some of the same people is, is they assume that I will just keep doing the same songs over and over again. And, and at a certain point I will just like push back and like, no, I'm like, I'm done singing that song. I want to do something else. I want to do something new. Um, uh, but there's like this weird expectation that people have. If you like did a song well, that you'll keep singing it. And that's like, karaoke for me has always been very, very playful. Um, and so it's a chance to be exuberant and, and, and playful. And I just, yeah, I don't know. I like singing. I was in choir too. And I, uh, I sing around the house. Um, I sing dogs. I sing songs to my dog Manu a lot, mainly about abandoning her. Um, I will just, would you end. like to sing a few, a few bars from <laughs> where you're abandoning? Yeah, no, it's a mix of like the lame thing that people do when they get domestic, which is they take songs and they, they change like one, one word in them to make them funny or, uh, sometimes I will just make them up off the fly. So often, like the really dumb one I sing a lot is is just like, I'm gonna abandon you, abandon you, abandon you. Ain't nothing that you can do when I abandon you. And then it keeps going. There's all the verses I make up on the fly. Um, and at this point, Manu knows the word abandon. Like she'll get really excited to like, because I'm getting ready to go. And then I'm like, <laughs> I'm abandoning you. She'll go back to bed. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, so you ever just take, take a, a a song about love and change it to glove or like girl and change it to squirrel like just just at some point sing sing jesse's girl and change girl to squirrel every time you sing it and every time yeah and it, it becomes something that i would just like sing randomly uh <laughs> well that's not part of you i don't think i've ever seen i assume you're doing just when you're puttering around the house or maybe you're doing it I don't know. I'll, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll, no, it's, it's, it's a, no, I, I wouldn't just, I, <laughs> I don't just like dominate. Hey guys, <laughs> nice to see you all. And then like, yeah, I wish that I had Jesse's squirrel. Not, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, that's a, a slightly more, slightly more intimate settings than that. Uh, wow. I feel like we just peeked behind the curtain a little bit. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. fascinating. I that's fascinating about how you love karaoke in terms of the performative aspects, and I feel like as someone who, I mean, did a lot of theater and musical theater too. I 
I have a, and it's in a previous podcast episode by the time this airs, a, a, a very big chorale tradition in that I was in a lot of choirs mm-hmm. uh, through grade school through um, high school. So, and a little bit in college. So I feel like I miss the the communal aspect in terms of like the singing and like singing together or uh, harmonizing with other folks and things like that, or like making music together. Yeah. Something that I really enjoy in terms of that aspect of karaoke. So I also, in terms of the different types of settings for karaoke, I also like, I don't like the dive bars quite as much as you do because certainly the dive bars have like their regulars and characters and that very much that performative aspect. I like that kind of magical blend where there's all like a good amount of people in more of a public space, like a bar, um, but singing like songs together and everyone's like choosing great songs that are like very great to sing along to, I guess is kind of my platonic ideal of a karaoke like night. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I I view walking into a random bar to do karaoke as as a bit of a challenge sometimes because uh, because you'll you'll be going to karaoke and be like, oh, what are you going to sing tonight? And I will be like, oh, I don't know. I'm I will I'm going to hear a couple songs and and judge judge the house, and then I'll pick one. And so like part of it to me is that like can you can you find a groove that like fits the people around you? Like can you meet them halfway? Uh, which is often a challenge. Um, I definitely sang a song the other night uh, that no one in the house knew, like at all. And I could hear them saying that, like to their friends. I could literally hear them saying, like, I don't know this song. Well, now you got to <laughs> tell us what what, the, what song were you singing, Austin? All right. Uh, I was, oh, I knew, I knew ahead of time. I shouldn't complain. I knew they wouldn't know it. Um, I was singing the song Anyway, uh, sorry, Anything by Dramarama. Um, which is a, a great song and it's in Empire Records is probably where most people would know it from. There you go. Um, but I say this, uh, uh, one, Frank, Frankie loves that song. So fair enough there. Uh, but I, I sang that song once at the Spectator. So uh, you've actually been to both these places. So the British X is where we went karaoke with you. And they, they have a little bit of a, a more old-timey, they've like an old-timey crowd and they've got like a 2000s crowd. They're gotcha. like at the same time. And they kind of lost the 90s in there. But I sang at the Spectator when the Spectator was there and had karaoke in Lower Queen Anne. Um, right. R.I.P. Spectator. Oh, I know. Also, I, 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 I realize, well, is that, that the same guy, he still has karaoke all over town. Yes. Um, yeah, but I, I realized that I enjoyed The Spectator for karaoke far too, far too late in life. Um, and I sang that song there, and that's a place where you, it's hard to tell if the audience likes it or not, which is kind of okay to me, because for all the performative, I'm kind of singing for myself anyway. Uh, but these two older women came up to me afterwards and like thanked me for singing that song uh, because it spoke to them. Like Literally, the lyrics spoke to them. One of them had, like, was getting over a divorce. Point being, that song has gone over well with an audience in my life. But the other night in Vancouver, uh, it, did, it did not. It did not. Well, you know, <laughs> you know, in Canada, they have to hear at least forty percent Canadian music on the radio at all times, so, so they don't have the same the same knowledge of of music. Uh, 
Right on. Yeah, I would say I had a, a similar experience once. I was at Rockbox, actually, and I was just trying out some different songs, trying to expand my repertoire. So I'm definitely a little bit more deliberate in my song selections than, than you, um, especially as someone who didn't grow up with a lot of pop music. Uh, uh, kind of a blank slate um, when it comes to having to learn and acquire music like pop music in particular um having a, an unlimited music streaming account has helped me quite a bit and certainly being married to um a woman that has a deep love of late 80s early 90s music oh, yeah. is also that, that stuff is is like that those are that's easy money in karaoke these days for they, sure yeah early 90s late 80s um i i do gotta point out for for your adoring audience that in, in all my life, I think Jason has, has taken one karaoke song from me to my knowledge that like a song I sang a couple of times and, and he took it on his own. And I'm not giving it, I'm not giving back. Yeah, um, but you have to at least say out loud what song that is. Out of all, all the songs, to, it's all coming back to me now by Celine Dion, and it's an amazing song. Huh? And yeah, you're proud in, Canadian, proud Canadian, proud Canadian. I am. <laughs> I'm workshopping a, a song actually that. Um, well, I guess this won't be a spoiler alert because by the time this airs, it'll be many months uh, later. Not many months, many weeks later. I'm workshopping um, Nothing Compares to You as mm -hmm. Prince. Oh, yeah, yeah. He wrote that song. Exactly. So yeah. um, unfortunately, you can only find the Sinead O'Connor version right. everywhere. So right. I have to go to the boutique karaoke place. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I miss Jabu's. That guy would just download any song you wanted if you didn't have it. I know. That was the best. Um, so I will say I, I've, I've really, I had it and I've started to recognize and develop this love I have of some of these female ballads. Um, so I, I definitely tried out for the first time ever Tony Braxton um, the other night. Okay. So uh, Unbreak, Unbreak My Heart. Oh yeah, uh, I can see you definitely singing Unbreak My Heart. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think there's a way in which like when a girl comes up, like a, when a small blonde girl comes up and busts out some heavy metal or something, like the crowd loves it. And when a 30 something year old man comes and busts out Tony Braxton, <laughs> right? There's like a way like the crowd loves it. It's like, you don't, you don't have to be the artist exactly, but if you even meet them halfway, then, then they're, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think th those are, those are great ones to keep, to keep in your pocket. And they're so, they're so emotive. You can really just like leave it all out there. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, I could do seal and that can be emotive, but if I do Tony Braxton, yeah. Uh, all right. Enough of us singing women's songs. No, that's amazing. Um, we will definitely return to this topic and also cover Halloween at a later date. But I wanted to give you time before I turn into a pumpkin. If you mm -hmm. wanted to ask me questions about um, podcasting, question mark. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I, or the reason I podcast you because you are interested in podcasting as well. I'm yeah. curious about what what is your picture? Yeah. You want to do podcast? Yeah, actually, before we get to me, um, yeah. how are you? How are you theming these episodes? Is it a person per episode? It's typically a person per episode. I thought, I thought when I was like whiteboarding it, let's be honest, I wasn't whiteboarding it. Um, that I would do thematic things like, oh, I'll do like a season of just karaoke type stuff, or I'll do a season of like travel and people doing travel. I decided to do you know whatever I want. I'm just gonna release things so thematically it's every week i have a special guest that talks about something that um either illuminates my backstory or history um that'd be interesting for wes or if we just chat about something that we have in common or that we're passionate about um 
people get to know me and my son gets to know me a little bit more when I was in my mid thirties. Ooh, the golden years. Um, cool. I, I'm now terrified about how you're going to edit this all together to make a cohesive story out of this conversation. Um, eh, whatever. Eh. Yeah. That's um, why it's uh, kind of also the title. Well, I went through many iterations of the title too, and a mm-hmm. lot were already taken. Um, it's kind of like a Futurama episode where like Poplars was the only like food name that wasn't trademarked. Yeah. Uh, so yes, but I would say just record a bunch. Um, yeah. I think re- do kind of stuff like this. It's been really fun to like record with my wife because it's pretty low stakes and like we've sat down and re-recorded things because I literally forgot to turn on the mics. So yeah. uh, having a lot of practice runs and like editing things together. Um, That's kind of what I comes. figured. It's um, like a sad part of adulthood is realizing that uh, everything just takes time and practice. Right. <laughs> like, it's like, how'd you get good at that? I did it a lot. <laughs> and like, like, no, you're just so talented. No, I just, I just did it a lot. <laughs> like, I want to be a better drawer. Draw more. Draw more. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so it's been it's been fun. I've learned a lot more about my podcasting voice. I have learned a lot about my vocal tics and mm, yeah, like you hear some lips mm-hmm. and kind of the weird fillers. I, I use a lot of like and a lot of smacking of my lips and a lot of clearing of my throat. Uh, I blame I blame Frankie for the likes. I I was like free for quite a while, and I pull some of hers a bit. I think I get this from her uh, and when likes come in. And, so yeah, just I would say, particularly if you are still like whiteboarding things out or like conceptualizing, or I feel oh, like yeah. there's a lot of planning for yours. Um, just just record stuff, and it's it's been a lot of fun, and it's been a lot of fun just chatting with people and kind of figuring out like your your own interview style. And it's a yeah. lot different than theater where I don't have a script in front of me, so you know, I'm just really yeah, trying. I might script. I think I think. Okay. I think yeah. given given the complexity of your ma- of of your subject matter, I, I definitely yeah. would have some strong yeah. talking points. I That's like true. It. Well, you should uh, pick a co-host that kind of can push you maybe to like record and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I haven't decided if I if I want to co-host or not. I think it would t- like I think I don't know. Um, it almost seems unfair to push on someone at this stage. Like I'd almost want to figure out what it is first, and then maybe get a co-host going into season two if there's a season two. Um, but if someone was, was excited to join, then yeah, I could probably, I don't know. It's, it, it's scary. Like, cause to me, this is like a, it's like a hopeful monster. So bringing someone in is like subjecting them a little bit to, to the uncertainties that, that it is. So understandable. I think there's some definitely when I, yeah, I think there's some challenges. I, I think I can lean on my wife and she, um, loves she loves talking um especially over a glass of wine so uh that's been very helpful um for me for sure <laughs> or just yeah. leaning on uh just our group of friends i uh have enjoyed talking to a lot of different people that are very interesting all right yeah. i'm turning into a pumpkin soon because it's nine o'clock. um but uh i guess so this will be the formal close of the podcast but i'll say thank you so much austin for uh, joining me um we'll definitely edit this down so it'll be a nice tight 30 to 45 minutes but Ooh. um before uh if people want to uh, well, certainly can drop me a line at half the fun podcast at gmail.com if you have questions for Austin. Austin, do you have any projects or uh, pop culture that you're really into that you'd want to plug for this show? Oh, man. You know, you know, a book I read, though, in the last year that I finally got around to that you'd be excited for, and then mm-hmm. I'll let you go. Um, after, after Ender's Game comes uh, Speaker for the Dead, which was phenomenal. 
that was like I it was such a good book. Mm-hmm. I know it's an old book, but I oh, thought you oh, read you're, it. Right? You're plugging the second. Oh, oh, sorry. I thought yeah. you were gonna plug. So, like, yes. Yeah, uh, you just asked like, like you had this this question of like, well, what's something that you know you like or good this good that you want to plug? No, and, that's just true. And, uh, yeah, and this I don't need to plug it. He doesn't need any more sales, right? But like, no, he's a terrible human. I, <laughs> I, know, I know, but I knew you had read it, and I was like, oh, that was like that was such a good book. I had no idea. Speaker for the Dead is really good, and it's a good book. Under the uh, last one, uh, in my opinion, was not that great. Oh yeah. And then he wrote a whole like parallel series told from the viewpoint of Bean as well. So like five my books. Oh my um, gosh, yeah. But anyways, I will not be promoting that um, homophobic, yeah, really conservative man anymore. But it was a really good book. But it is you know, a really good book. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what I, I should work on is is having more things to plug. I think that part of that is is that I'm like cross country right now. I think if I was still in Seattle, I'd have like plenty of friends things to plug but also like on a delay knowing this won't come out for a few months it's a little hard um and soon i'll just have my own things to plug um well awesome jason it's cool that you're making this thing and thank you uh i hope, I hope it's I've, fun <laughs> it has been a lot of fun and it's been a good kind of project and it, it's uh, been a great way to stay in touch with folks while being in my pajamas in the basement at eight at night which is compatible with a baby all right have a good night Take uh, it easy. Say hello to Allison and your baby. Will do. (laughs) Take care, Allison. Thanks again.